Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. So my name is Pastor Deb, and I have been here on staff for um, 38 years, 38 and a half. So a long time. And Pastor Matt and I are married 30 years. We have four children, and we have seven grandchildren, and believing for more, because you know that's a good thing. (laughs) When you talked about the grandmas coming for Hillsong, I'll be there. I'm a grandma. I'll be there. But um, thank you all for being here today and being part of Refuge, being part of this family, because um, it's kind of cool. Yesterday, I was talking to somebody on the phone. I was making some hotel reservations, and for the Hillsong team that's coming up, and when I said the name of our church, um, the lady was like, Refuge? Like in Stevens Point? I'm like, yes. <laughs> she said, that's my church. She said, I watch online. And that's the second time that that's happened to me in two weeks where I was at Sam's Club and lady I was talking to said, Refuge? That's my church. And so, hello, online family, because that's really cool that we're reaching people not just in Stevens Point, but all over. And so that's, that's a big thank you to all of you to help make that happen. You know, I also wanted to talk about baptism and the baptism videos we've been watching. I know in my life, I made Jesus the Lord of my life. I asked him to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to take control of my life. But then there was a next step, and that next step was baptism. Baptism is kind of like saying, okay, God, I raise my hand to you, I surrender, I'm all in. And then you get baptized, and you come out, and you have this new life in Christ that's like, I did it. I committed my everything to Jesus. And so if that's you, somebody who's not made that step yet, I just want to encourage you to do that. And you don't have to be like all spiritual and like, I know the Bible front and back and all that kind of stuff. As a matter of fact, I received the Lord. It was June 15th one year, and I got baptized on June 24th the same year. So it was like double whammy right away. (laughs) And honestly, I feel like that Step to baptism is really something that solidified my walk with the Lord and saying, yep, this is, this is forever. So get your cell phones out or go to the Welcome Center and sign up for baptism if this is leaping on the inside of you at all. So as Michaela said, it's really kind of cool that Jesus said his first words were regarding peace. Now think about it. You just see somebody who was raised from the dead. <laughs> I'm thinking those were a really good choice of words, right? Peace, because this is a man who is supposed to be dead. And he's alive, and he's living. But how he brought peace, not just in that moment, but for all eternity. There's so many things that can rob us from our peace. You know, as pastors, as people that um, work with people, that help people through different seasons of life, 
There isn't a week that goes by that people don't reach out to us and to other people and just say, can you just pray for me for peace? I just need peace. You know, it can be things like, I'm taking an exam and I really need to do well. Can you pray for peace for me? Or my father is really not feeling well. He, he, they don't give much time to live. I just need peace that it's okay for me to let him go. I need more money. My, my paycheck, it doesn't last to the end of the month. And I need peace because I need to know that God's going to help me through. Whatever it is that you need peace for, God is there to give it, give it to you. He's here to give it to us. Why don't we open in a word of prayer? Father, I just thank you that today as we're all gathered in this place and our family that's, that's tuning in online, I just thank you, God, that today is a day that we learn how to better step into ultimate peace no matter what situation we're facing, no matter what we've been through, what we're going through, or what we're even going to go through, God, that you're always there to give us peace. And I thank you, God, that not one person leaves here today without receiving something from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I love talking about peace because I know it's something I need in my life. And so it always helps to just reinforce how much God's word says to us about peace and having peace. John 16:33 in the Amplified Bible says, "I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you'll have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous." Be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. So we can have peace just because of what Jesus did for us. We can have peace. So how do we keep our peace from being robbed? I think that sometimes we can feel like we have just way too much coming at us. You know, I know that there's been different seasons in life where I'll even look at a calendar and think, okay, how am I going to get from Monday through Friday <laughs> when I look at all that I have? But I have to stop and think, okay, who's really in charge of my life? The peace of God is really in charge of my life. <clears throat> I'm going to share a little story about something that I personally went through, it was 2005, some of you were still toddlers, you know, <laughs> some of you not, <laughs> and 2005 we were building a house, but um, that was a year that we had decided that we're going to put our house on the market, and because some property across the street from where we lived, and it's on the Wisconsin River side of the street we lived, had gone on the market, and we thought, well, there's no way that we could even afford to have that property. But we were super blessed. The guy that owned the property had said to us, I want you to have that property. And so um, he just really, really blessed us. As a matter of fact, the day that we signed the line, we went to have things appraised. 
it appraised at $100,000 more than we actually paid for that property. Like, that's huge. <laughs> and it's because in this area, there isn't a whole lot of waterfront property. So that really was a gift from God. And for us, kind of a way of seeing that, you know what? This might be God, because <laughs> he was already working. Well, that same year, we put the house on the market. 2005, things were starting to get a little weird in the economy. And um, our realtor was like, okay, well, we'll put it on the market. It's probably not going to do a whole lot. And so that was July of 2005. Well, our house sold like really quick. <laughs> we had gotten the phone call. Actually, he went to Ireland and he said, it's not going to sell. You'll be fine. And while he's in Ireland, he calls us and he said, they put an offer on the house. And so we're like, okay. <laughs> well, then we were away. Every year we go away, we take a time to pray and seek God for the following year. We were away doing that. It was like the end of August. And they said they not only wanted to move into the house, but they wanted to move in like three weeks earlier. Or actually, it was a month earlier. So we basically had three weeks to get our house packed up, four kids, 13 years living in that house, and be out of there in three weeks' time. I'm actually kind of feeling that pressure. <laughs> okay, so then I found out I was pregnant. And so we're gonna add all that to this. And that was exciting, that was wonderful. And then um, it was time to move into the house or we're packing everything up. We actually had a guest speaker scheduled. His name is Paul Wilbur, for those of you who know that it, who that is. He's a, a Messianic Jew, and he has an amazing worship ministry. But anyway, he was scheduled to come, and that was in September. And so, again, we only have a few weeks to get all this work done. And um, Paul Wilbur was there in September, the same weekend he was there, I miscarried that baby. So, how much more can we take? And then Paul Wilbur's here, it's an amazing time of worship. It was the same weekend he was here that I actually miscarried. But that was on Friday, I actually went to church. Sunday I was leaving to go to church. Um, Pastor Matt had come earlier and I go to back up, and I hear this, oh my gosh, I could have swore I pushed that button. <laughs> I hit the garage door. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, what else can happen? <clears throat> but in the middle of it all, God worked it out. I came into service. I went by my husband. You know, it was right at, towards the end of worship, and he's like, oh, it took you a little while. I'm like, yeah. And he said, are you, do, you doing okay? I said, yeah. I said, how much do you love me? <laughs> oh, I love you a lot. What did you do? <laughs> so I told him what I did. And it's good. It's all fixed. It's fine. <laughs> but that was one of those weekends that I just thought, one of those seasons of life, that I just thought, I don't know that I can handle anything else but the peace of God. You know, at the end of that, that week, when all that happened, there's a couple in the church that came to us. I was looking all over for a place to live, to move 
our family because the house wasn't going to be built, so I had to, we had to move into an apartment in between time, but everything is a year lease, and so <laughs> to find something that was month to month was really, really hard to do. And so, but then the end of that week, a family from the church came to us and said, you know, we have these apartments, and it's, it happens to be that one of them is just not getting rented. We just want to bless you with living there. So do you know, we didn't pay for rent that whole six months while we were waiting to move into that place. Like, to me, that's only God. <laughs> you know, it's not like we were super close to these people and had this you know, really tight relationship. I mean, we loved them. They were great people. <laughs> but it was something, another way for me to know, God, you've got this. I don't have to take all this stuff into my own hands. But that can be my human nature. <laughs> that can probably be a lot of us. That we can just fix it. We can, we can have peace because we can take it into our own hands. And knowing that there's nothing... <laughs> during that season of life that I could have done to make it better, but God knew what needed to be done to make it better. Have you ever been in one of those times, one of those seasons where you thought, I just can't wait till the next. I can't wait until this happens or that happens. It's kind of like being on a road trip. You can't wait to get to your destination. And then, you know what happens? You miss out on all the wonderful things you could see in the meantime because you can't wait to get where you think you're gonna be. Again, that's just a little way that peace can be taken from us. But God has peace and he wants to guard our hearts when it comes to peace. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 in the New Living Translation. It says, don't worry about anything, instead, Pray about everything. So anything and everything, that's like everything, right? <laughs> Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of key things in this scripture. One of the things that spoke to me is that when God's peace is there, it guards our hearts and our minds. Like when you think of something being guarded, you know, I, I've been to England and, you know, the guards that are out there, like nothing's going to get in there. <laughs> There's a lot of people there that are, are making sure that that doesn't happen. But the other thing about this scripture it says, as we live in Christ. If you're somebody who has a relationship with the Lord, but you're choosing not to live in Christ, to live other ways, you won't have peace. It's kind of like having mom with you all the time. <laughs> like, I mean, not like God and mom are the same, but, <laughs> but when we know we're doing something that we shouldn't do, you know, that we need to know that we live in Christ. The word guard means to protect from danger, especially by watchful attention and making secure. We have security because God stands guard over us. As we live, 
That means second by second, minute by minute, day by day. There aren't ever times that we take ourselves out of living in Christ. So when we leave the things of God, his peace will guard our hearts and minds. That's not true. When we leave the things of God is when I believe our minds can be tormented. When we do things we know we shouldn't do and we still do it, there's that gnawing thing that's there. We know that we can look around us and see no evidence of peace sometimes, but we can still sense peace in the midst of it. When I was going through that season, that little snapshot of those few months in our lives, I didn't see a whole lot of peace, but in the midst of it, I had peace. Miscarrying a baby, you know, for those of you that have experienced that or been around people that have, it's a hard thing to go through because you have vision for that baby. You see that baby when you find out you're pregnant, graduating from high school, and is it going to be a boy or a girl, and what kind of wedding are they going to have, <laughs> you know? I mean, you think all these kinds of things. What are their gifts going to be? What kinds of things are they going to have that are dads? And what kind of things are they going to have that are moms? You know, and all those kinds of things. But it's like it's snatched from you. But I can have peace in knowing that that child is an eternity. And as a matter of fact, we had some friends of ours who had experienced a lot of miscarriages. And they said to us, do you know what we can't look for, or we can't wait and we look forward to? is that one day when we're in heaven, when we get to heaven, we get to meet that child. And guess what? You have a perfect child. That child's never sinned. That child's never disobeyed you. I mean, and, you know, bring it on. Oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> but knowing that in the midst of everything, we can have peace. So another thing that we can have is undisturbed composure. That's Pastor Matt's definition of peace. We can have a calm confidence. I like that definition of peace. <laughs> a calm confidence. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. I can still have a calm confidence. John 14.1. In the New Living Translation, it says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. So what that says to me is don't let your heart freak out. You get bad news and ah, is that your first reaction? What is your first reaction? Are you preparing for what if things don't go your way? Do you prepare for those kinds of things? Or do you just freak out? Or do you say, God, what do you have for me in the midst of this? What are you speaking to me? Again, only God can do something about everything and anything. That's not us. The storms of life are going to come. Last night, there were some pretty major storms. <laughs> there wasn't anybody that was going to stop that. It happened. So when those kinds of storms are coming your way and you're feeling pelted at one thing after another, can you still have peace in the midst of it? You know, I didn't have any problems sleeping last night, <laughs> and yet... I knew that there was a storm coming. I knew it because I saw the radar on my little app. <laughs> and yet, I had peace. We live in a, in a fallen world, and the sin, the things that are around us, 
<clears throat> there's going to be all kinds of storms around us. You know, I think, I, I think it's important to challenge you. Don't step into those storms. Don't look for those things. Don't be somebody who goes from one traumatic thing to another traumatic thing because you don't have to. You know, it's, it's something that I believe that as a disciplined follower of Christ, which is a disciple of, of Christ, we can walk in ultimate peace. Our mind, <clears throat> our mind will tell us sometimes that we need to worry. Like, I need to be concerned about this. Like, I need to be thinking, what am I going to do? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? And you know what? There's even some people around you <laughs> that will be like, aren't you worried about that? Like, aren't you concerned about that? You don't have to be. You can have ultimate peace. The word worry defined is to give way to anxiety or unease. It's to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. You know what? I'm not joining that club. <laughs> I don't want to be a worrier. I don't want to be somebody who dwells on troubles who dwells on what if that happens? What if that goes wrong? What if? Because I'm like, well, what if it doesn't? <laughs> and I'm not saying don't be prepared. You know, being prepared to me is being in God's word. Know what his promises are regarding whatever situation you're going through. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 in the New Living Translation. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Doesn't that just feel good? <laughs> You're thinking on all these wonderful, lovely, pure, all those kinds of things. That's the peace of God. I like the other part of that where it says to fix your thoughts. So what that means is you can be going all kinds of other places, but fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what's pure. Fix your thoughts on what's true, on what's honorable. Fix your thoughts on what's lovely and admirable. Fix your thoughts on those things. Have you ever, did you ever have like a stare down, you know, where you just, I, I see kids and like sometimes I'll do that with my grandchildren. <laughs> Say, okay, let's have a stare down. Let's see who can blink first, you know, and, and then you just stare and stare and stare and stare. That's fixing your eyes. So imagine fixing your eyes on all of these thoughts. And what I want to encourage you to do is when you have times that your eyes aren't fixed on these thoughts but other thoughts, open up your scripture. If this is one of those you need to paste on your bathroom mirror <laughs> so you're reminding yourself every morning the kinds of thoughts you're going to fix your eyes on, then go for it. When we fix our minds on thoughts that are true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, you know, when things are going bad around us, we should be worried, but we're not. We should be afraid, but we're not. We should fear for tomorrow, but we don't, because our eyes are fixed 
on what God wants us to fix them on. In John 14, 27, in the New Living Translation, it says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. What troubles your heart today? Is there something that troubles your heart today? Give that to God. Allow yourself to be fixed on the thoughts that God wants you to fix your thoughts on. Peace really happens when we pray. In Philippians 4, 6, in the New Living Translation, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So did you hear that? Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about it. Instead, pray. Are you praying about the things as much as you're talking about to other people? About how this isn't happening, that isn't happening? Or are you praying about it? His word says that we should pray about it. It says we should tell God what we need and then thank him for what he's done. The word prayer, it means communicating, talking with God. That can include worship, like when we have these wonderful times of worship, and I love worship at Refuge, because I know that when I walk into this place, I'm going to go a little bit deeper with God, because I'll have spent time with him in worship, and that's a form of prayer. The things that we do, also thanking God, thanking God for what we're asking him for, what we're believing for, what we're hoping for. And thanking God for the things he's already done. Do you know that thanking someone completes the giving cycle? God's given us so many things. How much do you thank him? Or are you just saying, God, I need this. God, what about this? God, you didn't answer this prayer the way I thought you would. God, you aren't doing this in my life. Or are we looking and thanking God for the things he has done? We can chase all kinds of things. We can chase all kinds of things the world has to offer, but we'll never have the peace that God has for us. In Galatians 5, 19 through 23, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And this is like, okay, he's not mincing words. <laughs> the results are very clear when we follow sin. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again as I have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what the kingdom of God is, is his presence on this earth. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And the next verse, 22, says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. 
That means you don't, you don't have to get in trouble for not doing that <laughs> because this is what the Holy Spirit wants in our lives. So when you look at that whole list of all those sinful things that were listed, and then you look at the list of what the Holy Spirit produces, what camp do you want to be in? What life do you want to live? Because you make a choice every single day. I heard a speaker a couple years ago say how every day we have the choice of life or death by the things that come out of our mouth. We choose life or we choose death. We choose things that the world has to offer or we choose things that God has to offer. And you will never have total peace if you're choosing to have one foot in one world and one foot in the other. There's a path to peace. And I, I love, there's a scripture I'm going to share about that. As a matter of fact, let's just go to that. It's Luke 179 in the New Living Translation. And this is talking about John the Baptist. It says, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. I want to be one of those kinds of guides, <laughs> guiding people to the path of peace. Because the path of peace, to me, just sounds amazing. It sounds like me sitting by a pool by the ocean. That's a path to peace for me, right? <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> what are things that give you peace? What are things that draw peace from you? You know, make time for yourself with God. Make time in your, your favorite chair in your house that you sit in and spend time with him. Or if you have a room or if you, you have a place to go where you know this is where I'm at total peace. God has that for you and he wants, wants that for you. And you know what? He's always there. When we look for God, when we look for his peace, it's an action word. It's something we have to do. And when we do, he meets us. He always brings us peace. And so um, that scripture about the path of peace, it's knowing that we can stay on that path, but we have to turn away from certain things in our lives. Things happen in our lives every day. You know, I can have one of those days that I'm like, this is an amazing day. The sun is shining. Everything's going wonderful. I, you know, I'm blaring worship music on my way here. And, and then something happens. And then something happens. And then where's my peace? Do I remember that I still have peace? I still can have that place where worship music was blaring and I was at total peace because the sun was out. <laughs> but I have to choose it. So when things go wrong, what's your first response? Is it peace that you're allowing to direct you? Again, peace doesn't just happen because things are going our way. Because maybe our way and God's way, maybe they're not always the same thing. Maybe the things that we want to be done our way are things that God knows aren't really okay in our life. You know, it can be, I'll have peace when my baby finally sleeps through the night. Oh, I have peace, my baby's finally sleeping through the night. And then, oh, I just found out I'm pregnant. Oh, there goes that peace. <laughs> You're not sleeping through the night anymore. <laughs> Actually, truth be told, you don't sleep through the night until your kids are 18, 
And then if they're still living in your house and they go out and do stuff, you still don't sleep at night until they go home and the door's locked and you know they're home. <laughs> that's, that's peace right there. That's peace. <laughs> you know, again, what robs us from peace is it knowing that when I get this new job, then I'm going to have peace. You start the new job, and now you're dealing with the same things you dealt with at the old job. <laughs> They're just different people we're dealing with. You know that you'll have peace when you get married. Someday you'll have that peace. And then the person you marry puts the toilet paper on the wrong way. That's like nothing, right? In our house, our first argument was over stacking the dishwasher. It wasn't really an argument, and you probably heard this story if you've been coming here for any length of time, but I didn't grow up with a dishwasher. Well, I did, but I was one of them, you know? <laughs> and so um, Pastor Mac grew up on the farm with a dishwasher. Imagine that. But anyway, he knew how to stack the dishwasher meticulously. Well, I knew how to stack it too. It just wasn't his way. So he opens up the dishwasher and he redid everything I just did. I'm like, what are you even thinking? Like, you know how long? Anyway, I'm like, fine, stack the dishwasher all you want. <laughs> so guess what happens at our house? He stacks the dishwasher, I unstack it, and we're happy as can be. <laughs> but... Um, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something that tries to rob our peace. But we don't have to have that robbed. And Psalm 23, something I love about that psalm is that it says that he will guide us through the valley and I'll fear no evil. So he guides us through those low times, those hard times. He's with us. He's next to us. In Psalms 23, we're going to read that in the New Living Translation, or the Living Bible. It says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Other translation says, I shall not want. He lets me rest in the meadow grass and leads me beside the quiet streams. He gives me new strength. He helps me do what honors him most. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I'll not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as your guest. Blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all of my life. And afterwards, I will live with you forever in your home. He's with us. He's guiding us. He's walking us through. We're not in this life alone. But you know what you have to do? You have to stop and acknowledge that he's with you. We have false senses of peace in the world around us, things that try to conjure up peace but are never going to be peace. Self-medicating, that's, that's a false kind of peace. Drinking to numb the pain, that's a false sense of peace. Spending money 
excuse me, spending money that we don't have, that's a false sense of peace. What are you changing on the inside that changes your outcome? What's robbing you from your peace? You know, as we listen to this, I mean, even in my preparation, I'm like, what are the things that are robbing me of my peace that I can be doing differently, that I can change, just practical, normal things that I can change? I was at Andy and Michaela's last night. Um, they were here for the marriage reconnect and putting the kids to bed and all that fun stuff. You know, you plan ahead for that because if you just said, okay, we're going to bed, kids freak out. But if you say, okay, five more minutes, and then they know five minutes, put your toys away, they go to bed. Honestly, it went really, really good. But if I would have just jolted, but isn't that what happens in our life sometimes? Sometimes things just happen, it's just jolted, and now we have to switch and still have peace. But we can have peace when our life is founded on his word. In Psalms 94, 12, and 13, it says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man whom you discipline, instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law, that you may give him power to keep himself calm in the days of adversity. So God gives us the power to keep ourselves calm. But again, we have to tap into it. Matthew or 11, 28 and 29. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. When we give him the things, he's going to find all those restful, peaceful, quiet things for us. And we have to choose who we're going to follow. You know, there's, you know, this poster you'll see a lot of places, choose you this day who you'll follow. As for me and my family, we'll serve the Lord. That scripture is Joshua 24, 15. It says, but if you are unwilling to obey the Lord, then decide today whom you will obey. See, there's something to that. Are you unwilling to obey the Lord? You know what he's saying, but you're unwilling to obey him because you want your way. Will it be the gods of your ancestors beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites here in this land. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what the people around you are doing. You put your foot down and you say, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter if my family gets together in parties and I'm not invited. I'm going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter to me if we know people that are completely choosing another way, I'm going to serve the Lord. We will never know peace until we choose to obey the Lord. We're not choosing to obey the Lord out of convenience, out of preference, or even out of desperation. 
but we're choosing to obey the Lord because we love him so much. What better way to honor God than to obey him in all of the things that he's called us to? Again, there's another one of these sayings, and it says, no God, no peace, and no God, no peace. Isn't that right? The best thing that we can do to know peace is to allow ourselves to be God-inside-minded. I'm going to read you something that I love to read when I have an opportunity to, and just sharing it with you. And I just want you to close your eyes and, or shut out all the stuff around you and just listen to these words about being God-inside-minded. And this is written by an evangelist that passed away many years ago named E.W. Kenyon. He said, among the most precious of facts about the divine life is that we have God in us. It doesn't seem possible. Human reason can't grasp it. The human mind is staggered by it, but it's true. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Christianity is not a religion or a science, a philosophy or metaphysics. It's God living his own life in us. It's our union with deity. We become the house in which God lives. Our mind becomes his instrument. The sooner we become God-inside-minded, the quicker we'll learn to use the force that's within us. When any emergency arises, we'll whisper softly to ourselves, the greater one is in me. When some problem comes that baffles us again, we'll whisper, Lord, here's your opportunity. I cannot see through this. You can. And so I trust you. I give my life to you for your wisdom in this crisis. What a life. Having the mighty one in you, always there, always ready. His healing strength, his emotional strength, his love strength, all inside of us. My great need is to educate myself through God's word so that I can never be conscious of his indwelling presence somewhere else, but he's in me. No matter how great the difficulties or what the trouble may be, I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. May our hearts grow continually to consider him as living in us. God, we come before you right now and we thank you so much that you live on the inside of us. Thank you, God, that we can hear your voice and not follow the voice of a stranger. That we can quiet ourselves in your presence knowing that you're there to speak. And Father, I join my faith with every person in this room and we take authority in the name of Jesus over everything that would try to attack and rob their peace. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that as people leave this place today, they step out, they step outside, and they sense your peace. They take time today 
to bask in your presence in peace. In Jesus' name. And again, with every eye closed, if you're somebody who you don't know that peace, you've never experienced that kind of peace, but you want that peace, just slip up your hand. If you know that you you want a life of eternity with Jesus and you don't have it, I see that hand. see that hand. This is your day to step into a place of ultimate peace. If you just say this prayer after me, Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I thank you, God, for filling me with your Holy Spirit so that I'm led by your voice. Thank you for forgiving my sins, for coming into my heart. And from this day forward, being the Lord of my life, in Jesus' name. At the end of this service, the prayer team is going to be up here towards the end of this next song. And the name of this song is I Speak Jesus. So as we sing this song, if the words in this song, if, if some of those areas are areas that have robbed you of your peace, step into that worship God like you never have before, knowing that we can speak Jesus over every situation, every circumstance. Thank you so much for being here today, and let's worship together. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.